Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back, everybody, to another Basement Binge episode. Very, very excited to record this episode. I'm actually really, really looking forward to it. This is a fun movie to go see. It's going to be a fun movie to do an episode about. You saw the title. Let it just jump right in to the episode review on Snake Eyes. Now, I can't jump immediately into the two cents yet. Let me kind of give you some backstory into the experience of going to see this movie. It was it was interesting, to say the least. So... I've been a G.I. Joe fan for the longest time. I, I didn't have any of the comics, but I did grow up with the cartoon and the toys. I've said this a lot in other places, but my childhood, one of, the, one of the defining memories of my childhood with my brother is Hasbro.com. It's kind of when the internet was an, an, a newer thing and, and, and like kids' websites especially was a newer thing. On Hasbro.com, you could watch G.I. Joe episodes. You could watch Transformer episodes. You could watch... Uh, or, or you could play games for G.I. Joe. and it, There was so much stuff about it, so my brother and I just soaked up everything we could from G.I. Joe and, and Transformers, but mainly G.I. Joe. We had toys. It was awesome. Then we had those movies from the 2000s and then a video game that was based off the first film that I played hours and hours and hours of, even though it was a really basic, super easy game. It was fun to play. So G.I. Joe has always been kind of near and dear to my heart even though I wouldn't say I was kind of the defining area when it was really big, I kind of caught it on the back end and just in my own niche way fell in love with it, even though I've lost touch with it. I'm, I'm by no means a fanboy of it or anything like that. But around the end of 2019, I'd been doing a research on a bunch of films and I saw that they were making a Snake Eyes movies and I was extremely excited about it. Like, wow, the G.I. Joe franchise is coming back and it's centered on Snake Eyes. I thought that it was going to be a great film. I looked forward to it a lot. Uh, I knew that I would. So I was looking forward to it. I got hyped about it, but I didn't realize how soon it was. I thought like, oh, the Snake Eyes movies is going to be years from now. And then all of a sudden it was coming out in 2020. And then it was delayed because of COVID. And here it is in 2021. And we're finally getting the film. We went and saw it in theaters, which was super exciting. So I was watching tons of trailers for it as it was being released and just got myself really, really excited about it. My wife, she's not huge into action movies. She was really supportive and went to Black Widow with me. She went to the Dune event with me. So I didn't want to force her to go see Snake Eyes with me. So I went with my friend Cade, who longtime listeners of The Basement Binge will know as one of the original tri-hosts. Him and I, we went on a Thursday night together, opening, like the pre-opening Thursday night showtime. We went and saw in IMAX, which was great. It was really fun to have time with him. It was fun to go see a movie together in IMAX. It was fun to see a movie together we haven't done that in forever the weird thing was here in utah we've been in a really dry drought we've been without rain and thursday the day of the movie we're driving to go see the movie pretty much out of nowhere it just starts to downpour 
And I mean downpour. There's flash floods everywhere. I'm driving in just sheets and sheets and sheets of water coming down. I can hardly see anything. Um, I get to the movie theater. I see a text from my wife that we live in a basement apartment, that it's flooding. So I'm trying to check into the movie theater, get Kay to the seats, which are the tickets are on my phone, while also calling my wife and trying to make sure that she's okay. She's trying to deal with the flooding that is happening in her house while I'm gone at a movie theater. Uh, it was kind of stressful. Long story short, her, luckily my family was here, or her family was here, her parents and her, her sister. They were able to help manage it. It was fine. They got all the water cleaned up. Uh, our floor is a little bit warped. Uh, the walls were dirty. Our clothes got dirty. But in the long run, we were very blessed and very fortunate. Everything was okay. But in the moment, it was very stressful. So she kept telling me, no, don't come home. I didn't want to drive home in the rain because it was horrible. That would have been very unsafe. So I was like, well, I'm here at the movie. I'm just going to go watch it anyway. But I was very distracted, which may have taken away from the viewing experience. Either way, that is <laughs> what happened as I went to try and go see Snake Eyes for the podcast with Kate. So what did I actually think about it when seeing it? Let's get into it here. A brief synopsis on things about Snake Eyes, then we'll jump into the two cents. So according to IMDb, the description of this film is a G.I. Joe spinoff centered around the character of Snake Eyes. Wow, how generic. Okay, let's move on. This film is has a $88 million budget, which I'm actually great to see. I'm glad that Paramount, Paramount didn't just throw tons of money of this is that are like new blockbuster franchise creation just hundreds of millions of dollars 88 million dollars for a blockbuster an action blockbuster that's intended to launch a franchise is actually really reasonable and so i'm glad to see that it makes it seem more likely like this franchise so to speak can become a thing because of the financial success of 88 million kind of reasonable um with money with that it's been in the theaters since opening it's been four days as time of recording is only Tuesday. It had a weekend opening of $13 million at domestically, also domestically with the additional days past the weekend. It's now sitting at $14 million with an $18 million global box office so far. So it's not breaking any of the COVID records. Uh, it's not breaking, it's not doing amazing, but for a film that isn't Black Widow, it's doing pretty good. For COVID times um, and everything in the theater scenario with this being a theater-only release. As far as critics go on Rotten Tomatoes, whatever you think about that, it's a good source to look at for consistency. It's sitting out of 41% from the critics out of 104 ratings with a critic's uh, summary of far from silent and not particularly deadly. Snake Eyes serves as a step up for the G.I. Joe franchise, thanks in no small part to Henry Golding's work in the title role. Also on Rotten Tomatoes, 74%, according to the audience. Big divide there. On IMDb, it's sitting at a 5.8 out of 10 with 3,000 reviews. On Metacritic, it's at a 43. And on Letterboxd, it's at a 2.5 out of 5. Yeah, so, so kind of interesting thing. Kind of mixed reactions to it. Let's get into the sense, and I'll tell you what my reactions are. And first, I got to say, going to see with this with Cade was the best idea ever. Um, None of what I'm about to say is a slander towards Kate. It's actually something that I love. He's a very simple man, you know, easy to please. So going to see, an, uh, the, you know, the Kate is like the perfect target audience for this movie. He likes fun action. He gets totally hyped about it. It excites him, and he's fun to be around when watching this movie. And I'm glad that I went with him because if I went alone, 
this review probably would have been a lot sadder. Kate and I genuinely were having a blast. We were throwing popcorn in our face. As much as I was distracted by what was going on with the flooding at home, it was easy to watch the movie and have fun and get involved in it from the beginning. It, it was genuinely fun. There are moments where we had audible reactions. We were laughing. We were genuinely really enjoying ourselves. It was a lot of fun. The action was sweet. It was fun to watch. It lived up to some of my expectations with his trailers. And it was also super frustrating. It, the reason that it was so frustrating is because it's just absolutely destroyed by shaky cam and a fast edit. Tons of it feels like the second unit was just attempting to be suave while also just shooting for coverage. The most annoying thing is that I have seen these scenes in the movie in the trailers with way less shaky cam. And I just don't know why they shook it up. There were some times when I was watching it where it felt genuinely like post-production shake because it was extremely disorienting or maybe they were just really shaking that camera. I mean, there's literally one scene where Henry Golding, who plays a character of Snake Eyes, before he's Snake Eyes, is he's working in like a butcher shop, so he's cutting open a fish. And the camera is just walking up to him. I mean, I think it would be just like a simple push-in and the camera is just shaking like crazy. Like, why in the world do we need this scene to be shaky? There, there's no understanding of how to use shaky cam properly. And the action, the, the reason that it was so frustrating is because the action is something that I was very, very excited about. The trailer showed promise, and I've had a lot of hope from the moment I saw this film and found out details about who was involved. I had hopes that it could deliver on that action after the trailers. It really could have benefited from some well-made action, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. The action I was excited for was a result of just the marketing. I, I totally fell for it hook, line, and sinker. Uh, There's this trailer specifically that they had where they were talking about the stunt coordinator and second unit director that they got and how he's just a legend, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so I was like, oh, wow, they got, they really focused on the second unit director and the stunt coordinator who is largely responsible for stunts and action scenes. It's somebody who so they say they're marking to me as someone who's really competent and talented. And I totally believed it. Additionally, they have Andrew Koji, who plays Storm Shadow, or Tommy. If you have not watched Warrior on HBO Max, you should. Andrew Koji is amazing. The way he performs stunts and he performs the character of someone who would do martial arts is just amazing. So I was very, very excited like that. In addition, they have Aiko Uweis, I'm probably mispronounced his name, from The Raid and other movies as Hardmaster. I mean, I was just so pumped. They, they've got these, these talented Asian actors who are also so amazing at action choreography, and I just really looked promising. Like I said, I totally fell for the marketing. Especially for some great sword fights. That is particularly one thing that I was really excited about, but also just the action in general. In fact, this second unit director who they really spoke up, talked to, or who they talked up a bunch, in this trailer thing, he was talking about how some movies, they have sword action, or one movie has gun action, and one movie has car action, but this movie has it all. And the sad thing is, is that it just didn't happen. Whether it was the sword fights, gun action, martial arts, car action, it, it just didn't deliver. The worst part is, is that I can tell that it was competently made. I, I can tell that it's, there's things that are probably there. there. There are genuinely some sweet moments in the action that got a fun, exciting, audible reaction out of myself and Cade and other people in the theaters. And some of those shots were genuinely sweet. But most of the time, 
in between those few moments, I couldn't even see what in the world was going on, especially when there was swords fight. There were so many moments where there were just tons and tons of Yakuza with swords, like hundreds of them, and swords were just flinging, and they had the typical sword sound effect, and then the good guy ended up on top. And it, I was like, well, I have no idea how that happened. It, it, it was a disaster. They would have these amazing wide shots where they would have a big crowd in a wide shot or even a tracking shot from the side with these Yakuza and all their katanas, you know, going up against one individual, whether it's Storm Shadow or Snake Eyes or whoever, it doesn't matter. And I'd have this thought, this flashback immediately to things like the raid films or some other super well choreographed sword fights. And I would get really excited because we have this awesome wide shot and the framing and the blocking of all these stuntmen really matches it. And then all of a sudden the camera punches in and goes tight and shaky and the edit goes choppy. And the whole thing is a mess. And it's so annoying how you have these moments that look like they show greatness. And every once in a while in this super fast edit, they cut to one of these wide scenes, these wide shots for a split second. It's like, well, why don't we just stay on that? Everything's just a mess, and you hardly see what anyone is doing, and it's ruined. Yes, there were some really sweet moments captured with clarity that did work really well, but for the most part, it was a complete disaster. And that was just the action. And I'm sorry if this is also negative. I'll, I'll get to some positives in a moment, but I just... Uh, yeah, Let, let's talk about the story. This isn't a G.I. Joe movie, but it is a Snake Eyes movie. And I appreciate the restraint to not just go too intense into the franchise selling. There are definitely some parts, particularly with the character of Scarlet, where it felt like she was intended to do more and then they just kind of wrote her out. It's really, really focused on Snake Eyes and there's hardly any lore building around G.I. Joe or Cobra outside of them just being there. And that's good while also being bad. You know, Snake Eyes is probably the most famous G.I. Joe, if there is one. He has had so many different stories told about him, and this is just meant to be an additional story to that, but it's pretty weak. The writing is very unique, and you can tell it had many rewrites, most likely while they were shooting. It does this thing with the story and the character of Snake Eyes that really surprised me. This is all spoiler-free, by the way. And sometimes those surprises were good. But mostly it was annoying. It found ways to make new ground for this type of hero's journey, coming of age, you know, guy who's, who's kind of twisted, might be going towards the dark side, kind of comes to the light side at the end, typical hero's journey, journey fashion. They found a way to make it unique and have new ground while also following all the same tropes that this genre has. It, it's, it's really weird character choices for a character as loved and as unique and iconic as Snake Eyes. So much of the character doesn't feel like Snake Eyes. I know that's an orange story. Wow. Reference to a classic Basement Binge episode. Not an orange story, but an origin story. But still, it, it, none of it felt natural to the character of Snake Eyes as someone whom we all love. Whatever your preferred version of Snake Eyes is, it, it doesn't feel natural. And a lot of these choices feel really forced to either try and create new tropes or avoid tropes or fall into the tropes of this hero's journey. And getting to the end of the film is very tiresome and weird, taking the strangest twists and turns with the characters. The first two acts really drag on with a really slow pace, and then all of a sudden it just cranks it right up 
for the last act to try and resolve itself nicely in the short amount of time, bring all the characters together, launch a franchise in, in a short amount of time after it really drags on. And, and when it, it is going quickly, it gets very chaotic and messy. It creates a lot of weak and questionable choices from characters, just characters doing stupid stuff and also being extremely inconsistent. Then it does this weird stuff with the lore of Snake Eyes, particularly in the third act with his clan. The film is mostly great ninja awakening, so to speak, that is fairly grounded. You know, tons of katanas, yakuza, martial arts, all that stuff. And then it randomly goes into this sci-fi fantasy world with giant snakes, like, like huge snakes that literally come out of nowhere. Magic floating lights and a magical red gem from the sun goddess. It just completely comes out of nowhere, and the story has mostly been about power and greed and bloodlines and honor and family and belonging in a very ninja-esque story that fits to these characters and feels grounded and, and feels substantial and powerful, and then it just, just takes a turn that I did not see coming at all and really, like, I was confused. I was like, is this a joke? Like, it, I was waiting for them to kind of, like, pull the rug out from under us like it was going to be a dream these giant snakes were a dream but they're not it, it it totally blindsided me in the theater and for a moment really took me out of it completely changed the tone of the film and the final act and the final fight has all these characters fighting each other and then randomly working together and then back and forth for whatever reason the writers decided in that spastic moment it there is literally a scene. If you know anything about G.I. Joe, just know that G.I. Joe fights Cobra. Like, that is the basics understanding of G.I. Joe. The Baroness being one of the lead female antagonists with Cobra and Scarlet being the lead female antagonist with G.I. Joe. There's literally a scene where they work together and the Baroness reloads Scarlet's gun for her mid-shootout. It makes no sense. And I want to go back to what I said earlier and kind of drop away from this story and the mess that it is. I want to go back to what I said, why this film really could have benefited from good action. And that is with one question. Who asked for this movie? Really? G.I. Joe fans? They weren't. They, they've got the cartoons. They've got the comics. They've got whatever their preferred version of G.I. Joe is that they're mostly enjoying. There might have been a few. I love G.I. Joe. I was excited for this movie. I was one of the first individuals in the theater, but I didn't ask for it. I was excited when it showed up, but I, I was mainly just like, eh, yeah, sure. Why not? Everybody's launched a franchise. Why not? We, why don't we get G.I. Joe back? It, it, it. Where was the demand for new G.I. Joe content in 2020, 2021? I love Snake Eyes, and I was excited for this movie, but I wasn't asking for it. This is clearly an effort to cash in on the franchise like everyone else is trying to do, do to try and catch up to the MCU. And to get a franchise off the ground, it's got to have large appeal. The MCU started with good appeal. And I'm not saying that your first film has to have the appeal of Endgame, but your first film has to create appeal. It has to be something interesting. People are talking about Snake Eyes. I've been with friends. They've been bringing it up to me, asking me about it. So there is, there is an eye on it. There's an interest in it. But when they do go see it, whenever, whether it's opening or, or later, it's got to create lasting appeal. And that can happen in a bunch of different reasons. It can happen because of you have great characters. It can happen because of actors. Maybe you have a really 
high-name director involved. Maybe the story is really exciting and that gets people talking because it's unique and it's interesting. Or what I thought this film should have done and was going to do, you have exceptionally well-made and intriguing stunt work with a beautiful fight choreography and blockbuster action movie because no one is doing that. No one is making proficient, beautiful, intriguing stunt work the way that they used to. Not no one, but not in blockbuster action films, franchise films. Look at Black Widow. Look at Endgame. Pick an MCU film. Pick a DCEU film. Yes, there is action, and it is just largely CGI. It's, It's not... Yes, it does have stunt choreography, and a lot of it is cool, I will admit, but a lot of it is also a mess, and a lot of it feels very generic and unoriginal. It lacks, art, it lacks artistry. And this film really could have benefited from that. No one's doing that in a blockbuster. That would get me to see a Snake Eyes or a G.I. Joe movie. Like Mission Impossible, for example. Those films have a reputation of Tom Cruise being a total madman. The MCU has a reputation of its characters and the interconnectedness of it and the enjoyment that we all get from those characters. Paramount should have given the Joes something to stand on which is good action. It would have been unique, and people would have talked about it. People aren't going to talk about a Snake Eyes movie because of the story, no matter what you do, no matter how new or unique you think it is, but people would talk about the Snake Eyes movie if it had action in a way that they haven't seen before in blockbuster cinema. It would have gotten people talking about it in a positive way. It really would have. On top of that, it would have been sweet to watch, would have been sweet to enjoy. They should have done that. It would be unique. People talk about it. Word of mouth would be on their side. Did you see the new Snake Eyes movies? It's got this, this sweet, this cool sword fight. It's cooler than anything I've ever seen. Or whatever people would say, right? Instead, people walked out with more generic action, the exact same thing they got from Black Widow or any other mainstream action blockbuster. It falls by the wayside. It's hard to say something substantial about it because it feels like everything else. I'm not saying something super stylized and artistic like a wuxia film like that, that would be too much, but just really impressive and engaging action choreography that's well shot and with clarity to allow us to see the cool stunt work of these actors, the cool sword play. Let us see what's going on. Like it is, it is cool to watch when you see it. Um, breathe some life into the action blockbuster genre, please. Now to the film's credit, there is a very small amount of explosions and CGI-filled chaotic action that's over the top. There's, there's little of that. Most of it feels grounded. Most of it is with the actors and seems practical. You just can't see any of it because the camera's moving too much and the edit cuts too fast. It's there. They just, you just got to let us see it. And, and I'm saying these things, and it's going on for a long time, this two sentences long, because I just expected better. The trailers got me excited, and I got reeled in. And the worst part of all is that all of the marketing is from the end of the movie. They did the same thing that Venom did for me that I'm going to talk in a moment. But even the action scenes that they were talking about in that trailer that I mentioned, most of them came from the end of the film. So you keep waiting for these moments that you've been seeing, and it feels like a bait and switch because the entire film uh, comes out of nowhere in ways that you're not expecting, whether it's the beginning or whether it's the giant snakes. You know... What Venom did to me 
was that scene where someone asked who Venom is and Eddie Brock and Venom respond at the same time, we are Venom, right? This idea that it was going to be this fun buddy cop movie of Eddie Brock being Venom, that was going to be the film. Instead, we got the film that got us to that point at the end of the movie. So the next movie is going to be that. Snake Eyes, every trailer had the same shot from the last act where it shows Snake Eyes in his whole outfit with a visor. That's literally at the end of the movie. Like, the end. It's like 15 seconds. Why? Like, that's the movie I thought I was getting. That's the movie that the marketing made me feel like I was getting. And that's what this film is trying to get to to happen next time. That's what I thought the whole film was about. It was just the next film. Anyway, that's enough complaining onto the things that I like. The costume designer made some of the coolest ninja costumes I've ever done. She has done all the X-Men films, Jumanji, Only the Brave, which you should watch. Watch, Listen to the episode if you haven't. Um, and the new Disney Plus Hawkeye series. She is doing a fantastic job. Perfect casting for her involvement in the costumes. They genuinely look amazing. Even though one of them we only get for 15 seconds at the end, it looks sweet. But even before that, the costumes really do look cool. They're, they're awesome. They're, really, they are. Like, awesome enough to, to talk about. The other thing, highlight of the highlights, Andrew Koji. He is in a different movie in the best way possible. He's outperforming everybody. Henry Golding, don't get me wrong, I love him. He's got this great charisma, and if he feels like a great character, and it makes me feel like I really want to see another Snake Eyes movie because of him, so I hope that he gets to continue to play Snake Eyes. But Andrew Koji, who plays Storm Shadow and Tommy, just completely stole the show for me. He's having all the weight of the emotions, you know, the honor, the bloodlines, the responsibilities in this ninja story. That's all on him. And he walks the line so well. And in the end, when he makes the decision that he does to kind of become Storm Shadow and walk away, it feels earned for that character, almost sympathetic and empathetic for that character because of what he goes through and, and the 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 manipulated, twisted, confusing emotions that he must be having. It, it makes me excited to see him as a villain. Uh, he's not so much a villain in this film, more as just a foil to Snake Eyes and a great one at that. Um, but I can't wait to see more of him. More on that when you get into the spoilers. Um, but walking out of the theater was difficult. I was stoked to be in the theater watching a movie and having fun. I, I sat with my popcorn and enjoyed myself. Cade, the hype man, he was loving it, and his love for it made it more exciting for me. It made all the good parts even better. But then the film ended and I had all these complaints. <laughs> and I didn't want to ruin it for Kate. I didn't want to rain on his parade. So I just listened to him. And I didn't really say much. I just thought about it and tried to come to this conclusion on my own. And it made it difficult because while I do have these complaints, being in the theater was fun. Watching this movie with Kate was fun. Like, not, except for the, the twist that happened that was really confusing, None of it was like, oh my gosh, this is so horrible. And I think if I wasn't watching it for the podcast, it would have been a little easier to just turn my brain off and kind of enjoy it for the genericness of it. But having the high expectations that I get where for some reason I really, really built this up in my brain made the disappointment a little bit worse. And I'm glad I went. I had fun. It was not a waste of money or a waste of time, even with a flooding problem. And I genuinely really did enjoy myself. I'm harsh. Because there are elements of this film that could have been just absolutely incredible. And, and I can see hints of it just was lost in the routine, generic action, blockbuster product production. 
the average moviegoer has been groomed for that, so they're most likely going to enjoy it and not think anything of it because it's decent enough, it's proficient enough for that. I'm, but I'm not really sure what is going to get the average moviegoer to go see this movie. I'm not sure how many people are wanting it. But if they do go see it, it will be the right amount of familiarity and a little bit of newness to warrant an okay reaction, if not a good reaction, from people who are going to see this movie. Uh, the, the, cr- the critic response and the audience response makes sense. Critics like me, we go in there and maybe we analyze it a little too much, where the audience, they're just going to have a good time, and this film delivers on it in a formula that is consumable. That is probably the most important thing when we think about these blockbuster products is it's a consumable product. And it works for most people. I just was expecting a little bit more. So should you go see this movie? It's up to you. If you like Snake Eyes, yes, you should. If you like action blockbusters, yeah, this totally fits. If you're expecting something new and exciting, temper your expectations a lot. But yeah, go see it. It's fun. If you are looking for something to do this weekend and want to go see a movie, go see this. It's way better than Black Widow or F9. And I know I really kind of stomped on this. Maybe not way better. It's way better than F9. Probably about similar to Black Widow with me, depending on what parts of it I really like. So should you go see it? For the most part, if you're listening to this podcast and haven't seen it yet, yeah, you should go see it. But that has been a long two cents. With these newer films, I'm trying to leave the two cents much longer than two cents to keep it spoiler free. But now we are going to get into the spoilers. So if you haven't seen this film and you're worried about spoilers, this is the part where you would pause the episode, go see the movie, come back and listen to the rest later. Before you do, please review on podchaser.com slash thebasementbinge, linked in the show notes. Podchaser is just a source where podcast reviews can get really messy, and Podchaser is a place where I can have them in one place and be able to reply to them. Additionally, you can leave reviews not just on The Basement Binge, but on this Snake Eyes episode so I can know which episodes you as the audience are enjoying. Thank you so much, everybody, for downloading. Let's get on to the next segment and into the spoilers with Picture Poison. This is the rating scale here at The Basement Binge. We don't have stars. We don't have percentages. We have four choices. Never watch it again. Self-explanatory. Stream it. Meaning it's on a streaming service you're already subscribed for. You're looking to something to watch. I said that was backwards. It's on a streaming service you are subscribed for. You're looking for something to watch. Whatever. You click on it because it's there. Above that, rent it. You'd be willing to pay a few bucks in the right circumstances to watch it again. Top of the list, buy it. Own it. Watch as many times as you can. Doesn't matter the price. I would rent this movie with the right group of people. With the right group of guys. I would rent this, and I'd have a good time watching it. Maybe when I'm alone, I would stream it. Maybe. Depends on my move. It wouldn't be for a while. Maybe like a year from now. Maybe even two years from now. I'd be like, oh yeah, the Snake Eyes movie. Let's watch that again. You know? Maybe I'm in the mood. I, could, I, I would watch it again. I would. Take your poison. There we go. On to the next segment. Live up. This is where I talk about my expectations going into the film. And if it lived up to him, that's where it gets his name. I talked a lot about this in two cents, but let's get into it with the spoilers. Because I did spend most of my two cents talking about this. And as you can guess, it did let me down. Did it live up to my expectations? No, it let me down. The story was weak and messy. The way that it tries to create this lore around Snake Eyes, that there's this, this, this fantastical element with this fire gem, that with the, these snakes that can sense people's honor and goodness. The way that it tries to make Snake Eyes 
a little bit of a questionable character um, while also like letting him be the questionable character instead of like choosing to do the right thing. Like he makes the wrong choice and causes a big mess just to then quickly wrap it all up and clean it up because he does learn like all of them do, but he just, he, he makes the wrong choice to a further extent than it normally is. So it, it, it was just interesting. It, it felt so messy because the first act was just really grounded. It was all about this ninja-esque story of, of you know, you got to do the three challenges and we have this master that teaches you a lesson. And, and the way Storm Shadow plays the story of like, like honor and trying to live up to responsibility and how Snake Eyes can be a part of that. And then the secret clan that they're trying to be a part of and then Snake Eyes randomly goes, and oh, twist, he's, he's actually infiltrating them, working for the bad guy. Not only is he doing that, it's because there's this magical gem that they keep hold of that can destroy anyone that they want, but they're not able to use it. Oh, and Cobra's involved because they want it. Oh, and this, this ninja group works with the Joes. Okay, let's get all these people together so we can have the end of the movie. Oh, also, here's the giant snake. It was just a mess. And... The two things I was hoping Paramount could breathe new life into was the action and these characters, and they just went with safe. And it was just too safe. Uh, even to the point where they had the three challenges of becoming a ninja, and if you fail, you die. Like, how typical. Uh, I will say with challenge number one, they did something that I did enjoy. It was a little bit predictable, but not too much for me. And the way that it was done felt really holistic, felt genuine, and felt original. But by challenge number two, it totally leaves that, and we get this weird magic genericness of, oh, my dad is dead, and I have no other fears or purpose but my dead dad stuff. And, and it just ran out of steam really fast to go just lean into that, 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 that consumption ability <laughs> um, in, a, in a very generic way. Which is a bummer, because it wasn't going that direction. It was really, really interesting. Even when Snake Eyes was working for the other guy, sure. The I like, w predictable, right? Generic. We, we've seen this so many times. But still, it, it felt grounded, and I was really interested. And then it just goes full-blown by the books. Kind of a bummer. Disappointed. And I really think that the big deal is that my expectations were too high, that I knew about this film before a lot of people did. So I was constantly engaged in the marketing, hoping for it, exciting myself about it. Or like Cade, literally knew nothing about it. He didn't even know who G.I. Joe was. Uh, he roughly knew who Snake Eye was as like the black ninja in G.I. Joe who doesn't talk. So his expectations were way lower, as in they were nothing. So it was easy for him to really enjoy it where I was kind of critical. So yeah, always temper your expectations at the door. Still working on it. On to the next segment, binge points. These are Easter eggs, details, things we notice in the film or other things that I want to mention that I can't find anywhere else. Um, Storm Shadow, he uses two swords. Scarlet has a crossbow. Snake Eyes has a katana that has a yellow tint to it. And he has his Uzi. Maybe that's enough nostalgia. The G.I. Joe name is there. The Cobra name is there. There's the Baroness. But that's it. Like, that's all you really get. Any of the cool iconography of Snake Eyes, they leave until the very end for those 15 seconds of the pan up of his, of his suit. Like, why wait till the end? And then why just, like, have it be something that he's just given? Like, why does he have the sweet suit just because he's going after Storm Shadow? Also, I should have said this earlier when I was talking about Live Up. Why 
how? How in the world? Actually, no. I'm going to say that later. I realize I have notes on that later. Forgive me. I'm ahead of myself because it's a serious complaint for me. Um, other binge points here. Um, oh, I, I thought this was interesting. Andrew Koji in an interview talked about how he hated the first two G.I. Joe films. He said specifically, I thought about playing that character Storm Shadow because I didn't like the first two films. I can say that. I'm allowed to not like a film. So I was hesitant at first to even accept that. That's a big studio film and my first role in the big studio film. So I was very hesitant because I didn't have that trust in Hollywood to do that. What Warrior, the TV show was on, taught me and the, and the voice that it gave me helped my work on Storm Shadow. I don't want to play a character with a six-pack. I wanted him to be a human and flawed. He's going through stuff. For me, when I saw the first G.I. Joe films, I was like, I don't want to do that. That's not the kind of thing I want to do. And to his credit, what he does with Storm Shadow is out of the ballpark. It, I'm serious. When you watch this movie, the way he's able to portray this broodiness, this, this insecurity, immaturity, he, he walks the line of immaturity and, and, and honor and responsibility and heavy burdens and weight so well that when the end, when he chooses to walk all away from it because he's hurt by this clan, it really feels earned because of the, the flaws in him, but also the complexity of that difficult situation and, and the pressure he puts on himself. He really does an amazing job. So with that, let's get into the next segment, least and likes. Least favorite scene, favorite scene or segment or part of it. My least favorite is a weird and super random rushed ending team up with the sloppiest action of the entire film. It's horrible. The second challenge that was just out of nowhere and completely useless. Of all the ways to use a blind master, they wasted constantly, whether it was was the end fight or the second challenge. We get a flashback to a scene we already saw when we could have had a challenge with blind master. It was a waste. I'm really bothered by that. Particularly the ending. I've talked about the ending enough. It was. It was just. It was a mess. It was out of nowhere. It was rushed. Snake Eyes betrays these people so many times, and so they fight each other. And then randomly, they're like, "Oh, we got to work together to get the gem back." And they just like trust each other again. And then everybody's working together to get the gem back. When before they were fighting, and it's like, well, why? Like, oh, it's just, it's just dumb. So let's talk about my favorite, the fight with all the Yakuza at the beginning, particularly the one scene where Tommy jumps over snake eyes and he cuts the ropes that's tying his hands and all the running and sword fighting that just felt very familiar of well choreographed action um with those wide shots those really really excited me and they were few and far between but when i did see them they really excited me and i enjoyed that part of it uh, and also everything involving Hardmaster, he was fantastic his ex- action scenes were some of the best made yeah it was still a little bit choppy but it was better than just about everything else. And so I loved when he was on screen. He, he was just a fun character. Let's get into the last segment here, Fall In. And we are getting to the ending here, and I've got to wrap it up with this message, so I'm just going to go with a classic, okay? If someone kills your dad when you're a kid, so you have to live your whole life as a drifter, don't devote your life to finding and killing your parents' killer. The path to find them will ruin many good things in your life, and bring no fulfillment or catharsis. Learning to do the right thing and looking beyond yourself is way more important. And just to shove one more lesson in here for good measure, don't betray years of trust and honor in a moment of anger. It will probably cost you your blood right to become the ruler of a clan, and you'll have to vengefully go join the bad guys. But if you do decide to do that, 
do it with as much emotion and as rage as possible. Honor and bloodline responsibilities are tough. When you devote your whole life to that, losing it will destroy you. It hurts to let yourself down in the areas that give your life meaning. Don't let yourself down. Thank you so much for listening to the Snake Eyes episode. It was, it was all over the place. If you understand the meta behind that, what I try to do in the writing, please let me know in Podchaser. Or was it just a total mess and not worth it at all? Please, I'd love to have your reaction. Let's me know when I'm working on these episodes what types of things you want to listen to. I'm not just talking about movie Snake Eyes. I'm talking about the way in which I try to present this information beyond just reciting my opinion about it. I try to do it in fun ways. So let me know in a Podchaser review, podchaser.com slash binge. It's an amazing website. Also, you're entered for a chance for a free screen pass. That's linked in the show notes. If you don't know what I'm talking about with his meta stuff, maybe leave a review anyway, and I'll talk about it a little bit more. Additionally, subscribe to The Basement Binge wherever you are listening to this, wherever you get your podcasts. The La La Land episode is coming very soon. I've actually already watched La La Land. I might have to rewatch it again because it's been so long. And I realized I had a lot more to say about it than I already did. Like, I knew that was going to be a big episode. I tried to devote myself enough time for it, and it wasn't. Very, very personal episode coming. Very, very excited for that. So subscribe to The Basement Binge wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, my name is Harrison, host of The Basement Binge. This is a review on Snake Eyes, and that is all for now. Ciao, ciao. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.